excited you are. I can hear it in your voice. Maybe it's because it's the end of the year and you're looking forward to New Year's resolutions. And uh, my, I think God has been so good this year. I was trying to recount um, the last decade. Um, and I've realized that there are so many, so many blessings that I've received personally from the Lord, and I'm just so thankful. Before we open the Word of God, I, I'm going to kneel, but I invite you to pray with me. You can bow your heads. Let's pray together. Loving Father, this is your hour. This is your time. This is the moment that we listen to you speak everyone included, the speaker himself. I ask you, dear Father, in a very special way that you speak to the very needs of our hearts, the needs of our beings. I pray that your Holy Spirit may be present with us today and that you may fellowship with us in such a way that we walk out of this place as new people, changed as a result of coming in contact with you. We ask that you be with the speaker, the message, and we pray that your words may be heard and that your voice may be heard as well. We pray this all thanking you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the University Church. Welcome to those online as well. The title of our message is Fear Not. Okay, that might be better. What is the title? Fear Not. Fear not. Uh, I'm sure you probably heard the words... But God had other plans. Have you ever heard those words before? But God had other plans. I, I, I think on occasion, I've said those words many times, right? At the end of a story, at the end of uh, a story that you're telling someone else as, as it relates to how God worked in your life. You had a plan. You were going a certain direction. You were going on a path. But then you end, end up realizing that God changed things in such a way. And now you're testifying and you're saying at the end of sharing that story, but God had other plans. Do you understand what I mean when I say, but God had other plans? I told the Lord one time that ministry was not for me. I told the Lord that I would never, ever see myself being a pastor, but God had other plans, as you can see. I even told the Lord, when I finally decided to go to school to study to be a minister, I told the Lord that I, I imagined myself to be an Apostle Paul, a single minister, uh, doing ministry, traveling from place to place. I wanted to be like Paul, maybe not as eloquent as he was, but nonetheless, you know, but as you can see, God had other plans. And his plans was much better than my plans. God called me to be married to my lovely wife. And amen to that. Think about the time when you were convinced that the profession you were heading towards was it. But then you realized that God had other plans. The time you plan your retirement, and uh, you plan your retirement maybe since you were 20. And life seemed that it was going to go a certain way, but then you finally realize as you're sitting here reflecting that God had other plans. You had planned that you would only live in Michigan for a few months, a few years, but you're still in Michigan. And you're saying today that God had other plans. That job you've been working at for a while and 
You, you felt like you needed to quit, but nonetheless, you are still there because every single time you feel like quitting, God speaks to you and you're still there. And to this day, you're still saying those same words, but God had other plans. God is great at interrupting plans. God is great at interrupting lives. He consistently makes stories come alive. And can you imagine the Bible if God was not involved in many of these stories? God interrupted many lives in the Bible. And God is still interrupting lives and stories today. But I guarantee it that when God is allowed to interrupt in yours and my story, history is forever changed. Our lives are transformed. We, we go on a path that we're supposed to be on. Because I tell you, yours and my plans are not good plans. No matter how well you present it, you may have your 10-page paper written, and you may have your plan outlined from day 1 to day 50, but yet still your plans fall short of God's ideal. And so I'd much prefer if God interrupts my life than to allow me to plan things and go in a certain way. God interrupted Abraham's life story, Genesis 15 and verse 1. Uh, Genesis 12 actually is where the story began, and Abraham was in his old age. I imagine Abraham, we've talked about him before, but Abraham was at the age of retirement. He was already settled. He was living in Haran. He was by his family. He had his wealth and everything, and then God called Abraham to start a journey, and then God didn't explain every detail. Come to a land that I will show you. Where? I'll show it to you. When? I don't know. We're going to, oh, well, not yet. I won't tell you yet, but we'll go together. He was called to start a journey that took him far from home. When God came to reiterate the plans to Abraham, we find in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1, if you'll turn there with me, we're on page, page number 14. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1, the Bible tells us this regarding Abraham and God interrupting his life, God changing his plans. The Bible says in Genesis 15 verse 1, God now comes to reiterate what he was planning to do in the life of Abraham and when he comes to speak to Abraham, God uses some interesting words. In verse 1, the Bible says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. What did God say to Abraham? Do not be afraid. The children of Israel also were, were experienced their, their own, but God had other plans story. God interrupted their lives. They were used to slavery in Egypt. Normal day-to-day -day life was terrible. They had to build structures that they would never occupy, had to manage food that they never ate. But yet still, though they had a cruel king, they settled with the idea that slavery was it. This was it. That was until God interrupted. God sent a man by the name of Moses whose life he also interrupted. Moses in the wilderness for 40 years came back now to the Israelites and he is working with them. And finally, the deliverance is taking place. They're on their way to the promised land. And now they're stuck in between Pharaoh's army that is pursuing behind them and the Red Sea before them. And now they're about to cross. And Moses is speaking to them. We're in Exodus now, Exodus chapter 14. Moses is speaking to the children of Israel, and he says this to them. Exodus chapter 14, we're reading verse 13. This is on page 70, 
76. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13, the Bible says this, And Moses said to the people, what are the words? Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see them again no more forever. In a moment of terror, God spoke through Moses, and his words were, do not be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. We come now to the New Testament of the Bible, and we see that this, this idea of God interrupting lives, these but God had other plans stories continue. We go now to the book of, the, the book of Luke. Chapter 2, which around this time of the year, we often talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you Jesus was not born on December 25th, but nonetheless, we find this story, a powerful story about the shepherds in the field. They're out there one night protecting their sheep. That was their occupation. That was their duty. That was their job. And here they were, the Bible says in verse 8, now there. We're on page 1179, the shepherds in the field. Now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by what? And behold, an angel of the Lord stood, stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. We come now to Zacharias, backing up a few, a few verses. We come now to Luke chapter 1, and uh, starting with verse 8. Zacharias was serving as a priest in the temple when God interrupted. The Bible tells us here in verse 8, So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, can you read those words? Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. If we go back to the shepherds in the field, we imagine their story. If they were to share with you and I their but God had other plans story, it would go something along the lines of, uh, you, you know, we were outside that night in the field guarding our flocks. When we saw a light, uh, an angel appeared and, and we had a conversation with him. And, 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 and he, this is what he said to us. Fear not, for I bring you tidings of great joy for all people. 
They would say in the story, you, you realize that that night our plans, were, our plans were changed because we were we set out to watch our sheep. We set out to protect them. But that night we had to leave our sheep to meet another shepherd. That night we had to leave our lambs to meet the Lamb of God. And that night, though, though we had to change our plans, God had better plans. God had other plans for those shepherds. Just imagine Zacharias, who was now well advanced in years, uh, and, and now just imagine him sharing his, but God had other planned stories. Uh, you know, Zacharias had heard about angels, but he had never seen them before. He had ministered into the temp- in the temple, but never saw the Shekinah glory of God. And today, as he's there by the, by the altar of incense, an angel appeared, and he's now afraid for his life. Zacharias would recount what the angel said to him that day, fear not, Zacharias. Years later, I imagine Zacharias sharing his, but God had other plans story. He might have said something along the lines of, you know, Elizabeth and I had talked it over many times. We talked about how we wanted to have a child, but somehow it never happened. We prayed many times about it, but when old age set in, we just called a quit. We just didn't bother anymore. But God had other plans. I walked into the temple that day and I met with Gabriel, the angel who told me we were going to have a child. I couldn't believe it, Zacharias would say. I asked, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. I love how Luke write those words. Well advanced in years. Now, we don't know what that means, but he was old. Well advanced in years. Gabriel replied to Zacharias' response, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring these glad tidings. And Zacharias would have said, see, God had other plans. That day I went into the temple speaking. I walked out mute. Because God had other plans. Then there was Mary. Mary, the virgin. We look in Luke chapter 1 again. And we're picking up now in verse um, Luke chapter uh, 1. And we're starting here uh, in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. Again, stories surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. We find this this, this theme being repeated over and over. Verse 26, the Bible says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, the virgin's name was... And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What are the words that are repeated there? Do not be afraid. We find it in Abraham's story. 
We, we find it in the story of, of the Israelites as they're transitioning from Egypt to the promised land. We find it in the story of the shepherds. We find it in the story of Zacharias. And now in the story of Mary, the same words are repeated. Do not be afraid. In other words, fear not. Fear not. I imagine when Mary shares her story, what it might have sounded like. Mary was engaged to be married to her beloved Joseph. It was only recently that I imagined Joseph got down on one knee and proposed, let's do it. We're going to get married. Mary was about to experience every girl's dream. She was, now a, uh, she was now destined to be married to the love of her life. Plans were underway. Families were involved. But then she would say, but God had other plans. Just imagine how Joseph must have felt when Mary came and they had that meeting. Joseph, we need to talk. Joseph, I'm pregnant, but I can't explain. I was at home just doing a few things around the house when an angel appeared to me and said, Mary, you will be having a child. An angel what? Appeared to who? You're going to have a child. And Mary would say, I didn't even know I was pregnant until the angel said something. And now Joseph, who was ready to be married, heard Mary's God had other plans story. And now he himself is now confused. What is happening? It's just the other day we were, we were crossing off our checklist. We're about to be married, but now you're pregnant? I thought you were a virgin. What happened? But God interrupted this marriage story. He had other plans. That night, Joseph, I imagine, could not sleep. He prayed much. He asked the Lord, what is going on here? And then an angel appeared to him. We pick up the story in Matthew, Matthew chapter 1 now. Luke didn't really talk about Joseph's perspective, but Matthew did highlight it. So let's go to Matthew chapter 1, and we're picking up this story again, and we're seeing a very consistent thread in the Bible. Joseph was there pondering. He thought. The Bible says in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. You know, there's something that you and I struggle with. Whenever God interrupts our plans, we are always afraid of what he might do. We, we, we always resist him, his interruptions because we are afraid what might happen if he takes control of our marriages. We are afraid of what might happen if he takes control of our retirement plans. We are afraid of what might happen if God takes control of our lowly responsibility as shepherds. We're afraid. We're all afraid. Doesn't matter who you are. We all have fear. And though our fears might be different, we are all afraid of what God might do when he interrupts. You know, the Israelites, I imagine, would have had a better goal through the wilderness if they trusted more and feared less. If you don't trust God, if you don't trust God when he interrupts you, you will always complain throughout the journey with him. 
Fear. Fear. As we re-examine these stories, we ask ourselves, why is God speaking to his people this way? Why would he say to Abraham, fear not? And why would he say to the shepherds, fear not? And why would he say to Zacharias, fear not? And why would he say to Mary, fear not? And why would he say to Joseph, fear not? There's an important point. Fear not to Abraham. Why? Because to Abraham, God needed to be Something very specific to Abraham. You notice that God res- God's response to each fear is very specific. We read Genesis 15 again, verse 1. God says, Abraham, do not be afraid because I am your shield and your great reward. When you surrender your retirement plans, God is there to protect you. When you surrender to him your retirement plans, God is there to, God is your best investment. He's your reward. There are many of us who are tied up with our futures. Many of us who cannot trust God with our tomorrows. We might trust him with our yesterdays as we look back in hindsight and they say, hindsight is always 2020. But do we wait for hindsight to trust God? Or do we trust him ahead of time? If you wait for hindsight, you'll never trust God. Because you're always looking for a reason. God says, Abraham, fear not, because I am your shield. The one who protects you. Your exceeding great reward. Your greatest investment. Your shield, the one who protects you on this journey that I'm taking you on. Abraham, fear not, because though you may be vulnerable in this age and at this stage of your life, do not fear, because I am your shield. And is God a good shield? Can he protect people? Oh, yes, he can. Is God a good reward? He is the best reward. He is the best thing there is. I understand, Abraham, that you might be afraid, but fear not, for I will protect you. There are many Abrahams today who have fears. Maybe you have your God had other plans story, where God interrupted you, but you're still, you might be in the middle of that story. You're the Abraham now, and God is speaking to you. Do not be afraid, for the I am who has called will protect you. The I am who has called will have your reward. And if your reward is in heaven, that's a better place to invest. Oh, you didn't say amen. I heard a few people. Heaven is the best place to invest in. Amen. Amen. Like Abraham, we have our fears of the unknown. We don't know where the journey is going to take us. We do not know where God is leading. He will interrupt our plans. But know that when he does, regardless of where the journey is going to lead, he is the shield to those who follow. God is still calling Abrahams today. He is still calling people to make significant sacrifices for his cause. And to you who are making sacrifices, he's saying, fear not, for I am the best thing for you. Abraham, fear not, because I am the great protector. Fear not, because I am the great investment. To Israel, fear not. Why? Because the Israelites were now on their journey and they needed not just protection, they needed salvation. 
Stand still and you will see the salvation of the Lord. God says fear not because his will is not just to call and protect and, and preserve a reward for you. His, 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 his call is to save you. When God interrupts, that's his plan. His plan is to save the people he interrupts. And I tell you, many of us are on, uh, many of us who are on the way uh, outside of God's will until he interrupts and brings us back. And his goal again is to save. You will see his salvation today. When God calls and you find yourself at a point where Pharaoh's army is behind you and the Red Sea is in front of you, when the options are few and you feel stuck between a rock and a hard place, when Satan's starting to make suggestions, starting to make suggestions that, make, that, that, that made you feel like you've made the wrong decision by choosing to go where he leads, and you were overthinking when you answered the call to him, you need to respond, I fear nothing because my God who has called will save to the uttermost those who he calls. God is a God who saves. No need to fear because God is going to save. Fear not, friends, because my God is a shield. My God is a great reward. And my God has the power to save to the uttermost them that call upon him. Fear not, shepherds. Why? You know, this is very interesting because shepherds back then were looked down upon. The Gospel of Luke outlines to us that these men were in a very poor and lowly condition within society. In his day, shepherds were men of lowly occupation. In fact, shepherds were not even allowed in the temple. They were worshiping in the fields. And so they had great reason to fear. Because bandits would come and steal their flock. They had many reasons to fear. But that night when Jesus, when, when the angel called them to go and have a visit with Jesus, they protected those sheep too. Because God is a great protector. Amen. Amen. God is a great shield. And he's a great reward. They had Jesus and that was enough. But more than God is a God of good news. Amen. To the shepherds, fear not because I come to bring you Good news. Good news. They were used to bad news. Turn the news on back in Jerusalem, and what you would see is nothing better than what we see today. Ask your brother for help when you are in need and you get turned away as a shepherd. The rich in society got richer. The poor man got poorer, and all he was accustomed to was bad news. His days might be spent in fear, not knowing how he might cover expenses or who else was on the verge of robbing him. He might have had to worship God out in the fields. He was not allowed in church. He might have had to look, he was looked down upon and he felt like he was not welcomed in many places. But yet still, that's the person God is talking to. Fear not, because I am a God of good news. I don't watch the news as much anymore. Because bad news Sells, and it's all around us. Nothing but bad news. But even when we feel desperate, destitute, low, God comes and he brings good news. Salvation in Jesus Christ is not just for the elite, but for the poor. The gospel honors the poor, for Jesus had said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. Fear not. Because God is a God of good news. Fear not, Zechariah. Why? 
Because not only is God a shield to those who trust him, he is also a great reward. Fear not because God is still in the business of saving people. Fear not because God still brings good news to the poor, even the shepherds in the field. But O Zacharias, fear not because God is a God who answers prayers. The story of Zacharias, going back uh, in the story of Zacharias, we find that God, when he spoke to Zacharias, he said, Zacharias, fear not. For your prayers, for your prayers, for your prayers were heard. For your prayers were heard. You didn't hear me. For your prayers were heard. For your prayers were heard. I wish, I wish we had a church that really, really, really prayed. Because we give up too easily. We pray and we believe and think that God has not heard us at all. Zacharias was at the end of that journey. They were old, well advanced in years, but yet still their prayers were heard. Fear not, because God is a God who answers prayers. You can talk to him whenever. He will not fall asleep on you. My grandma used to always fall asleep mid-conversation. She would come home from work, and I loved my grandma. I was really tired, and I remember we were, you know, I would come home from school, and we would have these conversations going, and I would say, Grandma, you know, this is what happened today, and, you know, she would say, yes, you know, yeah, I understand, you know, like, great, that's good. You know, you got an A, or you, you got a B, or no C's, no, not so well, but, you know, but, but, then, but then we have a conversation, mid-conversation, she would be responding, and all of a sudden, Grandma, Grandma, tiredness got the best of her. But God, he who sleeps nor slumbers, hears the prayers. He won't fall asleep on you mid-conversation. He is always listening. He's always waiting for his people to pray. Fear not, because God is a God who answers prayers. If we prayed more, we would fear less. Fear not, Mary. Why? Because God is not only a shield to those who trust him. God is not only a reward to those who give all to follow him. Fear not because he is a God who saves. Fear not because God is also a God who communicates good news to those who need it most. But to Mary's of today, fear not. Because when God calls you in your young age, he calls you because he favors you. You are highly favored. This word conveys, this word favor conveys the same idea of grace, merited favor. God, God extended grace to Mary. Mary did not deserve to bring Jesus into the world, but nonetheless, God chose her out of his goodness. And God bestowed upon her the greatest privilege. But yet still today, you and I have a privilege to bring Jesus to the world. And God favors us when we follow his will. You see, fear not, because God favors us. And when we endeavor to speak on behalf of Jesus, we are in his favor. Fear not to open your mouth and say something about God. Because God is a God who favors. Fear not, Joseph. Even though he was a little bit confused, even though he was worried about the marriage situation, fear not because Joseph, the Bible is saying here to Joseph, do not fear because what is happening is as a result of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Fear not because the Holy Spirit is still working today. Fear not 
because the Holy Spirit is working today. You know, when we come back to our um, When God Interrupts store, we often say, I know it makes no sense. I, I, I know you probably won't believe me if I tell you. You know, I, I, I often hear, I often get asked, um, so how did you become a pastor? And my response is always, you want the short story or the long story? And I love it when people say the long story, right? And we go on this journey together, and I say, trust me, you would never believe. I, 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 I you, you know, most of you already know that I've been uh, spending some time with, with uh, the police officers here in East Lansing, and I've, I've had situations where I was asked, you know, um, so how did you become a pastor? And I would say, the, the long story or the short story? And most, the long story, please. That's why I have hours, you know, two hours, and we just go, and I'm there talking, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, well, listen, this is what happened. I, I, I was never even a Christian. Not wanting to follow the Lord, I was very rebellious, and, and God worked a miracle in my life and brought me back to him, and now I, I wanted to be a pilot, but then somehow I know it makes no sense. But somehow God moved, and, and now I wanted to be a minister. I wanted to give back to him because he's given so much to me. And I'll always be a minister because of what God has done. I have no fear because God is a God who favors us. But God is a God who demonstrates that his Holy Spirit is still working. In closing, in closing, you know, all throughout Scripture we find this common thread. All of humanity share this very same thing. We are always afraid. We move from fear to fear. If you understand what I mean, you are in college, maybe. You're afraid of the grades you might receive. You're afraid of not finishing. You get out into the workforce, and you're afraid on the job. You're afraid of your boss. Uh, even in church, you're afraid of going to church because of what might happen to you in church. You're afraid of Thanksgiving because that uncle always comes up with some old stories that might embarrass you. You're afraid of the new year because as you think and reevaluate, you realize that there are some things that you have planned this year that you really didn't do, and now you have another year to face. You're afraid, you're afraid of what your kids might grow up to be. You're afraid of what's happening in society. You're afraid, you're afraid, we're all afraid, but nonetheless, to us, God speaks good news. Fear not, for I am your shield. Don't worry about what's happening outside. The crime rate might rise, but for us, fear not, because God is the great protector. No matter what happens with the stock market, Fear not, because God is your investment. No, no matter what might happen with your marriage, God is still in the business of working miracles. God is a miracle-working God. In closing, 
Again, all throughout Scripture we find it. We, go, we end now in Revelation, the book of Revelation. We end now with John. And John, the same thing happened here. And John saw Jesus. And this is just such a powerful story because uh, John was on the Isle of Patmos. He was isolated from his friends. He was, he was here and it was a difficult experience. It was a difficult time for John. He was already persecuted and now stuck on the Isle of Patmos. Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up and speaks to John, when Jesus shows up and speaks to John, we hear these words. You know, no, John was telling the story, giving the backstory of it. He said, I, John, verse 9, your brother and companion in tribulation and in the uh, kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. John was a faithful follower of God. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, meaning the Sabbath, a day like this. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to, to, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And then John says this, I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I, I, I saw seven golden, candle, uh, seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, girded about with the, the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet like brass, as if refined in a furnace. In verse 16, his right hand there was a, uh, seven stars, and in his mouth uh, a sharp sword. In verse, seven, verse 17, the Bible says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. You know, friends, if your story begins with Jesus' story, your story will never end because his didn't. He's the first and the last. God might interrupt your life, but trust me, you want to go all the way with him because if you do, there is a brighter future guaranteed for you. He is the first and the last. Verse 18 are you afraid of your life? Are you afraid of what it might cost you to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ? Are you afraid of persecution? I am he who lives and was dead. Jesus conquered death. But then he goes on, I am alive forevermore. The best option is God. I, I really hope you get that. If you had more of Christ, you have less fear. If you submit to Christ, fear will be out the window because he is enough. He is enough. He goes on, and I have the keys 
of Hades and death. John, I imagine, was there. And I love Jesus because of how loving, patient he is. Jesus, when John fell down as dead, Jesus, I met, Jesus just, I imagine, looked at him and his right hand and placed it upon his shoulder. A way of comforting him. Fear not. Fear not. Because I'm the first and the last. Fear not, because I'm the first and the last. I wonder, I don't know what our futures are like. I don't know what the new year is going to bring. But I really hope, like uh, Elder Heilig mentioned, I really hope that when Jesus returns, that we're not running away in fear. That we'll, we'll say, yes, this is our Lord. We've waited for him so long. We are comforted by the idea of him coming soon. Because we know that there's a, a wonderful relationship that we're fostering with him. And as a result, we have no fear. You know, the Bible says, perfect love casteth out all fear. So I want to remind you, as we begin the new year, as we end 2019, fear not. Because your God is everything you need. Fear not. Because your God already has plans for your future. Fear not when that God interrupts because that very same God will take you all the way. So fear not. I want to make an appeal. If there's anyone in this room who wants to live a fearless life by surrendering everything to Jesus Christ, I invite you to stand as we pray to close. Fear not. Too often, we're overwhelmed by our fears. But friends, I hope that today we'll be overwhelmed by Jesus. So much so that fear is cast aside. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, you are such an awesome God. Father, we... Uh, we, are, we are at a, a loss for words when it comes to describing your goodness. We, 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 we wish to say thank you today for inviting us to come much closer to you. We pray that we may be fearless in such a way that the world might see us as they saw Peter and they saw the boldness of Peter, as the Bible says, and they could tell that he was with Jesus. I pray that we may live a life that is not overwhelmed by fear, but that we may trust you as you continue to lead us. That we may trust you as you continue to lead us as a church. That, you may, uh, that we may trust you as you continue to lead us as your people, sons and daughters of God. Father, I pray that we may surrender our lives to you now. That we may faithfully follow you wherever you lead us. That even if it means surrendering everything that we possess, that we may do so willingly and follow you wherever you lead because really and truly, you're the most important. We thank you so much 
for everyone here today. We thank you so much for all those who are online. And we ask you, dear Father, that you may continue to draw us closer to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Fear not.